it took me it took me about a year to know everyone, and I've almost been at the company for two years, which is kind of surreal. Seriously, mm. I only met you like a few months ago. Yeah, yeah. But this is the thing, you know. So, like, <laughs> to be fair, I have a resting bitch face. <laughs> no one wants to talk to me. <laughs> I see how it is. Yeah, it's just that um, it's that true um, true resting bitch face in you. Because mm-hmm. you're part of you're part Italian, aren't you? Yeah, full Italian. Oh, okay, full. But no other like genealogy in there like oh i'm sicilian so i assume that like back in the day okay that's quite an arab influence in sicily Mm. in the south yeah okay but it's so like far removed it's like one eighth or something is it oh i don't know i've never really looked into it but if you look at the sicilians and you look at the northern italians Mm. sicilians are all like dark features dark eyes dark hair and the northern italians because they're more of a scandinavian influence they're like blonde blue eyes so we just figured, you know. You're just, you're true. We're just so different. <laughs> We're not true Italian, apparently. <laughs> Although some would argue that the South is the true Italy. Oh, really? Yes. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> South is the true Italy. Okay. I've, I've actually never been to Italy. I've been to, like, oh. which is surprises me, which greatly because I love Italian food. Where um, have you been? Uh, I've been to Spain. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was nice. But, um, and Spanish people are very lovely. Like, they're really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad keeps going, go to Mexico. I'm like, I will at some point. They speak Spanish there. Kind of Mexican. Like, it's a bit of everything over there. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, and I also want to go to Italy. But all I know is, like, the thing that people warned me about Italy is, like, the gypsy kind of culture. Yeah. But they also <laughs> reminded me, they said that of Spain. Like, there's just a integrated gypsy culture, and I'll just nick things occasionally. You've got to watch out for kids who are, like ready to pounce yeah pretty uh, much but they they hang around the touristy locations yeah. so. and i'm i'm one of those tourists who pockets everything inside my jacket so it's really That's hard good. to get to because yeah, i put on like one of those bum bags that go underneath your clothes and yeah. <laughs> you look like you've got like, yeah, yeah like boobs <laughs> <laughs> gotta love my boobs yeah. um <laughs> it's just the travel boobs <laughs> it's just my travel boobs things we do podcast a podcast about film life television mental health and all of that fun jazzy stuff today i've got my friend and special guest Giuseppe. special guest you are well, spe- well, well yeah do you do you like that fancy um yeah <laughs> you're like oh shit like, look i'm not hating it <laughs> <laughs> just take it while it's there and you know then uh, i'll it. crush your soul later my soul is well and truly <laughs> crushed <laughs> <laughs> it's already too late. I can't help you. It's too late for me. I've already acquired the resting pitch phase. <laughs> um, so what? tell us a bit about yourself, like what you do and who you are. I guess give us the spiel. Who am I? Um... <laughs> you got all the questions, Fry, and you were like, hmm. Yeah, I know. But I'm looking at it like, oh, yeah, this is super easy. And then when you actually sit down to think what, about it. Yeah, when like... someone says, who are you? Or my favorite one is, what are your hobbies? I just, mm. I just like combust. I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think that's one of my favorite things is when it's like those Facebook things where you just go and answer like 10 years ago when everyone had like Facebook and wrote those quizzes. Mm. It was always like, tell us a bit about yourself. And you realize how like literally interesting information is. Literally. Um, I but think it, um, that becomes, you become very aware of that when you're like dating and getting to know people and they're asking you those questions and you're trying to think, you're like, 
who really am I? I'm like, what do I do in my spare time? And then you actually think about it and you're like, do I sound boring if I say that I sit and watch Netflix because I have so very limited free time and I just want to like relax? Oh, yeah. And then it's like one of the things like between this and like everything else, I'll just sit and watch Bake Off. And that is literally that is my life. And it's very like, everyone's like, oh, don't you go out and see friends? I'm like, sometimes I'm just too tired and I'll go home. Like, and they're like, oh, come out. And I'm like, no. Uh, this is like, the introvert. Yeah, this is the introverted like side. Um, tell us a bit about yourself because I'm going to spin them back to that. But you do editing for, um, for Channel 7. Yes. Um, was that something you set out to do? No, not at all. So what was your, like, where did you start? How did you get into this industry where it was like TV? How did that all begin for you and kind of your journey? As in like me... Little you, kind of like... Little me. Yeah, little you. So, little Giuseppe really <laughs> liked making videos of our holidays and I was always in charge of, you know, taking photos and videos and then I'll put them together and make a slideshow and um, I would make one every year and show it on Christmas and it's like what has happened this year type of slideshow on PowerPoint and show all the photos and stuff and then it kind of escalated and I started... Um, doing uh sound editing or music cuts for um because i used to do gym and i would do it for my club and like do songs for the girls routines and stuff like that and then which escalated to me wanting to actually study video editing and then i did um media screen and sound and at uni and then eventually kind of you know, did like a bit bits and pieces like marketing and stuff mm. like that, media theory and that sort of thing. And then um, I saw myself initially doing movies and TV shows and then that dream was probably crushed <laughs> when I realised what the industry was like here in Australia and that I would have to, you know, go maybe overseas and whatever. And I did end up going to um, America and kind of, you know, getting to see, um, cause a friend of uh, a cousin of mine had some friends in, uh, that worked at Warner brothers, I think it was. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so he kind of gave us a tour and he was showing us, you know, the ins and outs of movie editing and all that sort of thing. And I realized that it was going to be like quite difficult to get into. And then I found that the, like the work wasn't steady. Yeah. Um, and which is fine, like as a kind of side, like hustle, know, side kind, of, hustle yeah. kind of thing. But um, like inevitably I wanted something that was going to give me work yeah, like, all the time. Um, yeah. So I worked at a um, corporate video company for a bit before starting at seven. And that was really great. Like I got so much experience with like premiere and after effects and stuff like that and they were super nice and they basically threw me into it and they like let me do everything and um yeah that was pretty great and then um they ended up um the guy that owned the company ended up moving to the central coast Mm. so um serena who is actually my sister worked as a producer um at seven and back in the day when we had our other boss mandy um she was kind of saying oh we're really understaffed and blah 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 and serena basically said oh my sister's studying um editing 
And she goes, oh, I'll let her come in and maybe she can do some work experience. Wow. Yeah. And so when Serena kind of came to me with that, <laughs> I, I looked at her, I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't see how would I do, like, <laughs> I don't see that there. Like I would, I didn't understand how yeah. editing worked in that building, building obviously. And I kind of just like didn't yeah. have very high expectations for it i said yeah of course i'll i'll go just for experience and whatever and i went there and it was just so overwhelming and I'm, but like i ended up loving it and i was there interning for a month i think because mm. i kept just asking Mandy, oh can i come back tomorrow can i come back tomorrow and it was towards the end of my uni degree so i had um like a couple of days off a week and um yeah and then i ended up loving it and wow asked for a job and that's insane are. Four years later. <laughs> Four years later and then you're still there. And I mean, like, that, that's kind of like in saying that, you know, all those kind of like things just led you to kind of, do, you know, just little bits and pieces doing Yeah. Because it's, it's true, like, film is, news is consistent. Mm-hmm. News, the way everything is daily, everything comes out. And there's kind of a quick fire, um, which is the reason I don't love it, like, as an editing field. But it, because you're kind of always having, there's less creativity in it, but it's just a fast media yeah, output um but it is more consistent than film because film is like <laughs> so so long between gigs yeah you'd have like three months you know concentrating day and night on one project and then you could go like yeah years without anything else and that kind of scared me i um yeah i always thought that i would do stuff on the side like yeah which i'm doing now like you know bits and pieces videos cover videos and that sort of thing but i always wanted to have like yeah the kind of steady you know <laughs> he's doing wave wave yeah, arms the, like the, the, the steady, steady flow. The, the steady flow of the, <laughs> the careers um yeah i mean like it's interesting as well because you and your sister are very like different in terms of like positions as well uh, i thought you were gonna say like different as in we're just so different because <laughs> people say that to me all the time they, they, you are different like i think but also different in very personal like when like where you are in positions at the company because you're very much like i'll stay here i'll kind of like because you're an introverted person as well yeah, so I'm, it's, I'm very happy behind the scenes yeah. and she's very happy like being in front of the camera yeah which is personality. who's older she is. Oh, okay. That, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. She's like, mm, I've got all the older sister genes and I am confident. Um, but you kind of like both share a very like similar dry, like sense of humor. Clearly the way you speak is both like very dry. <laughs> Someone said to us the other day, we worked on a, um, a story together and we laughed at something together. And someone came around the corner. I can't remember who it was, but they said, I couldn't even recognize which one. You guys have the same, exactly the same laugh. I was like, that's so weird because we are so different. And people would say that to us yeah. like, all the time. Yeah, because um, I think it's like also if anyone watches the news out there, you do look very different. Like you wouldn't, it's not like my siblings where you put them in two peas in a pod and you just go, oh, okay, yeah. And it's like everyone just goes, hmm? Um, like double take and just go, are they related? Um, but I find that's probably older that this you get as siblings, the more you start to look very different. Like me and my brother don't look a lot alike anymore. We used to when we were younger, but um, we're very different in like fields. He's, he's an anthropologist. He's an academic. I have no interest in that life. Um, so yeah, it's like, 
I'm all about like films and TV and pop culture and he's all about like kind of theories of human culture and you know um, yeah. living overseas and doing all wow. this fancy stuff yeah he's we're just very different in people but we're yeah. very similar in sense of humor as well like if we laugh together it's very similar like i think that's kind of like you have groundwork as siblings um did did the, it, you feel at first though because i've worked with my brother before did you feel once you started that everyone was like oh you only got this job because of your sister was um, that kind of like a vibe you got for a while i always thought that i mean it, it's still at the back of my mind yeah um but I didn't tell anyone that we were related when I started. Um, you know, there was like the odd people that knew, um, mm. kind of knew Serena already, a couple of editors, but um, all the producers and the journos and stuff like that and um, even like all the other departments, I had never said anything to anyone and I kind yeah. of just like flew under the radar, did my own thing and um, – even the other day, I think it may have been last year. So after working three years with a producer, Richard Cunningham, right? Oh yeah. He said to me one day, "Are you and Serena sisters?" And I looked at him, <laughs> and no one had said that to me in so long. Like obviously, in the first you know yeah, year yeah. or so, people would come up and ask me, but it was three years in. I'd been working with him for three years. She had been working with him for what, uh, like six years or something yeah, like yeah. that. And he goes, are you and Serena's sisters? And I looked at him and I said, yes. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't, what? Really? You did not know before he, before oh my now? God. That's yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, so I funny. love that when people don't realize you're related because it kind of makes you stand on your own. Like yeah. you can do your own work and you're like, my brother and I worked at the same theater for years. He'd worked there, I think three years prior to me. I started and everyone was starting to call me like, oh, you're Simon's little brother. And for so long, I was compared to him. And when he left, everyone's, like, for a while, took a bit of adjusting to him not being around. But they started just going, oh, no, Marty's his own thing. And, like, we'll do what he does. And uh, they stopped comparing me to him. But it was so funny at first because they were like, oh, you're much more chatty than your brother. You know, you're much more like this than your brother. Um, And they'd start to notice things that were different, like, over over the course of time. Um, Especially because we approached situations very differently. So I think that's always good with siblings. Like when you do work together, it's actually better for people to not always acknowledge. Like, um, especially also the same when you're dating someone or you're married to someone in the same industry and you're in different roles. Mm -hmm. It's like, so this industry is full of that. So like, I think it's the best when they just go, when we're at work, it's like we're doing our jobs. But when we're outside of work, family and you know yeah. love and all that but it's it's like work is work and you can kind of separate it a little bit um because yeah it's it's a very different world when you kind of like still act like you're, you're very sistery all the time i guess at work my yeah. brother was like trained me not to do that so that's kind of <laughs> like he was just only saying good work like he never said love you or anything like that at work like it was just a, that was a home thing um, did that feel like the same when you kind of like now with you, you and your sister or is it a bit, um, or is I it... think we don't really see each other at work a lot, which helped. Like yeah. there was the odd time that we would, you know, talk about kind of, you know, family affairs at work, but it was very rare because she's like, she's very professional and like yeah. I, I tried to be as well, but, um. Yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm not professional at all. <laughs> yeah, she's just fake. Fuck <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, 
No, I think yeah. I think it's also Serena's out on the road so much. Yeah, that's like, exactly, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, so she's hardly on station unless she's actually writing something. Mm-hmm. I see her occasionally when I walk past like the um, the window going up to the front entrance, and I'll see like who's in the main area. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, hardly any of the journos are actually in the building. They're all out in the field writing stories and running around like loose chickens. Mm. It's not a. It doesn't sound like a glamorous life, to be honest. No, I've heard it's not really. It's yeah, like, yeah. Do you, they, some of them say that they like being out on the road and some say that they absolutely hate it because yeah. I feel like, you know, handing over your baby to a producer that's going to then take, you know. It's it's a funny it's a funny thing as well because what people I think don't understand is there's like different aspects to there's like an editor there's a producer and there's a journalist and all of the like most people I think assume that you pr- as a journalist you produce your own content you don't there's always a producer yeah and it, it, that I feel like comes down to experience as well like so, some of the producers we have are really good like some of them are really exceptionally good but you always kind of like um know when there's been spelling mistakes or being like not everyone's the best speller unfortunately it's just a fact of life i'm a terrible speller and you're I, under pressure as well i feel like yeah you're well you're constantly you see some of them like typing so fast that i you know can't even, like... um and it's also to like you've got to go like you've got to go through all the chains like to get it approved yeah. you've got to get it like the script approved then make sure the scripts work and then like there's so many it's not just the producer gets the final say it's like the head of news gets to find the ep you know all yeah, these people have to read them and then go yep nope yep no change that change that change that so there's no like lock in one person gets to say everyone thinks it's like you know news is so free-willed it's really kind of not it's delegated a bit um yeah and it's very um they're very careful about what they say i find and that's why there are so many avenues that you need to go through Mm. before what people see on TV is actually yeah. there on TV. Like if it's a if it's a story with a legal element to it, they go through all the producers, the news director, and then send it to a legal team who also have to yeah. you know, make sure there's nothing wrong with it and that sort of thing. So it's not like the journalist like wakes up in the morning and they're like, <laughs> nah, I hate this person. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm just going to do my stories, you know, yeah, so they look like a complete idiot. I, th- I think it's like um, – just the amount of like you read your contract to you go oh, okay i can say this i can say that like my contract specifically says that i cannot work for any other company in the role that i am doing for seven but i can do anything else but i can't make money off that particular role so that right. is i'm contractually obligated to not do anything within that and i think it's like also companies always do this they make they say if your thing makes a bit of profit it's suddenly owned by the company so you've got to be like always read your contracts people like it's very important because they're there to sort of protect the company and you know to make sure that you know what you're signing but yeah a lot of those things like you know they do and they you know legally check everything and you know it's funny because it there is a sense of free speech and there's a sense of like we need to cater it to like like some sort of form of like legal binding material yeah it's so yeah it's i don't think there's like a but it's funny how Jaden quickly like we become (laughs) behind the scenes um yeah like i i I think it's also what scares me a little bit about news editing um as well as watching all editing all the footage that of like dead people or like car crashes and stuff like how do you cope with that like i i feel like i've become a little desensitized to like a lot of things and it's 
bad, but also good in the sense that, good in the sense that you don't yeah. completely have a meltdown every time you see, you know, anything that's graphic. But, um, you know, bad in the sense that you you want to be able to, you know, feel feel yeah. for families. You know what I mean. You don't want to be in a situation where, um, you know, something emotional happens in your yeah in your personal life and you're just so hard and like emotionless that you can't you know express the same emotion that you did like before kind of shutting it all off in in your work I think it's it's interesting how people would find the happy medium at work and in your personal life kind of like shutting it off there but then opening opening yourself back up yeah you know outside of that and obviously coming from an italian family we like italians emote really big yeah and it's quite hard to be a desensitized person in an environment like that um i mean like family yeah it's interesting as well because you know the, the italian culture is very extroverted everyone's very like chatty and stuff and describing you with as someone who's introverted and anxious like you basically your your how you view yourself is almost flipped on its head yeah a little bit is that um is that something that you feel is a little bit strange or was that as a result of tv or was that just always how you were i think i was always like that like um when i was younger they call it middle child syndrome but i never really like acknowledge what that actually meant but I feel like I'm the epitome of a middle child like Serena was is like you know this happy bubbly like so confident um girl and um obviously my parents are like you know big personalities and um then I came along and I don't really know what exactly well obviously you know experiences and your environment change you and like mold you into the person you are um and i think in the sense of like me i don't i honestly don't know like looking at serena and our relationship with uh, like me and her we obviously like have the same values and the same Mm. you know we were brought up the same and we may have the same laugh and whatever and obviously we've done two separate things like you and your brother as well yeah but like at the very core of us we're both kind of the same person in the sense of like what we believe and like you know yeah that's what it's just out like your outward output yeah exactly is different um but I also found that when my brother, like growing up, so I have a younger brother as well. Yeah. Um, he's quite a big personality as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and I found that having a big personality sister, big personality brother, I kind of um, found myself being the like mediator or like the middle yeah. kind of peacekeeper, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I think that's how the like the introvertedness came about. But I don't. Like, I don't want to be no. anything else. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like the fact that I'm cautious or, you know, not... Introverted is such, there's such a, like, I don't know. A stigma. Like a stigma around it. I know. It's... um I don't think anything's bad by being introverted. It's, like, good to... Because it's funny because, you know, we've worked in the same building 
and I've worked there, you know, a shorter amount of time. But yeah, it's definitely like one of those things where I remember first time I saw you, I was like, okay, you're someone who I'm eventually going to like know, but I, I don't know kind of like, and it's not just your resting, <laughs> resting bitch face. It's not that. Um, but it's, it's generally like comes down to, I think you always know who's a little bit more outspoken because also the editing group are very charismatic. A lot of them are very much like quips and jokes and everyone throws jokes around. Yeah. But a lot of us are very introverted as well or kind of shy or we're not very good with people. Like the funny thing is I think TV brings out the kind of like people who, especially when you're in editing or you're in technical roles, you all have like a common interest. Like you have like interest in films, music, like stories, but there's kind of like this thing of none of you are particularly like confident people. You're just kind of like, or you are confident, but you're just introverted. Like there's kind of this, you know, thing where it's everyone's just happy to be know each other, but yeah. then they're also just kind of like, eh, I'm not going to go back to my little like hole and sit and quiet. But I think that's fine because I, I think people think I'm rude when I kind of like shut off. And I do this thing where like if I'm tired, I'll look at my phone more. Generally, if I'm engaged with someone, I'll talk to them and stuff. But if I've like had a long social day, I'm like, mm, no, the phone's coming in. I'm not going to look at this phone and yeah. know, not try and be rude. I'm like still listening, but I just, I have to be like alert. So I'm like looking at my phone to keep my brain engaged. Mm-hmm. And everyone thinks I'm really antisocial when I do that. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm just tired. Um, you don't have to be on all day long. No, but there's, I think this pressure, this society, it's not like TV. It's not anything like that. It's just society in general. We're, we're so, we're such a 24 hour switch on. We have to be alert. We always have, like I, that was the one thing that I remember you used to say about um, because I do, you know, we both do shift work, so it's like our shifts do change and we do different shifts. Um, but one of the things that I remember when I was in um, when I was doing the dating field, a lot of that was the criticism was like, "Oh, you do shift work," oh. and then they wouldn't comprehend when you were tired, and that I think was always something that put me off dating for so long. Um, luckily my partner works, um, at a television station herself. So it's kind of like evens everything out, but I've definitely dated people who didn't get that and they didn't get the, they worked a nine to five job in an office somewhere and they just kind of went, Oh, you're tired. It's like 4 PM. And I was like, yeah, I've been up since like 3 AM. Like, why do you think I'm tired? Yeah. Um, and also the finishing, finishing time has been a big thing. Yeah. Everybody finishes like five, five 30 and We're still like, oh, news is on at, at six. six and we don't finish till seven at the earliest or whatever. Yeah. And my family sometimes forget that because they'll be messaging me at 5.30 asking me like important questions. And I'm like, I can't answer. I'm in the midst of like cutting yep. a six o'clock story. And they're like, why aren't you answering? I'm like, I'm frantically cutting a six o'clock story that I need to do in 15 minutes. Like, just leave me alone. I'll Far come out. back to you. Jeez. Yeah, I'll just come back to you. <laughs> Um, but at that point, their day is winding down. So. I know. Um, that's so, like, that I think also, like, has that been something you found particularly with with kind of, like, socialising and dating and everything? Is that something you found a lot of your friend group who you knew prior to television sort of shrink? Because I noticed that with my group of friends who didn't work for TV. I, like, have a lot more closer friends who work for TV or work in the film industry than I used to. Yeah. Because all my friends from high school could not comprehend my wow, shift. that's really interesting, actually. Yeah, my shift, um, like, thing. Was it the same for you? Or that's, was a, it- that's a real shame. No, luckily, I, um, well, granted, I'm the type of person to make, like, a couple of close friends here and there um, because I would rather, 
I don't know, I've always been the type of person to basically like if I met someone that I wanted to be friends with that I would like get really close to them or get really close to somebody else and then have the like, you know, uh, like a real friendships with a couple of people as opposed to like multiple yeah acquaintances with like large groups of people so i think my friendship group has always been quite small to begin with and they have their busy lives and we've kind of like come to terms with the fact that you know you can't see people all the time and making time for your friends is really quite difficult as well when they have boyfriends as well and um you know they've got work yeah. and blah 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 so we like we try our hardest and I do get to see them quite a lot, but it's the type of friendship that you you know you don't see them as often or you maybe can't talk to them as often, but when you are together you appreciate that time and it's kind of yeah. like there's you know, nothing's changed type of thing, which has been nice. Um yeah, and they're usually, they're the friends that are not in the T V industry. So oh, that's, that's good. actually yeah, it's been pretty good. But obviously the friends that we have at work understand completely yeah so you know making plans with them is quite easy but also because you see them practically every day so if you want to have a drink with someone you just like go into their suite and you're like i need a drink tonight they're like okay and yeah you just walk across the road type of thing the, the secret nod yeah mm-hmm. um yeah i feel like uh, it's not all friends have done that to me no i haven't like lost my entirety but it definitely it did slim down like i think it was just because a lot of my friends were less interested in I think it was also just because we were on the same social group and when I couldn't attend everything they sort of just like I faded away from it kind of like thing not a bad thing some some of my friends I've known like for almost 10 years and still keep in regular contact with but yeah a lot of them I was just like I can't see you because one I'm working or two I I just kind of like it's been like two three years and it's just starting to get like a bit strange every time we catch up every three years and so much has happened and you kind of can't cover it in an hour like you just you know it's one of those things and some people also just i think one of the weirdest comments was like someone was like you haven't changed i was like i feel like i have like a lot (laughs) or maybe that's a good thing that i haven't changed i don't know that was a very like this was like five years ago Wow. but yeah it was like a very surreal kind of like conversation I was like, oh, okay. I don't know if that was a compliment or an insult. Like, jeez, like the way it's a you bit re- backhanded. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> no. like you haven't changed. It's like, oh, but I haven't changed. Oh, that's kind of nice. Oh, wait, no, that means that like yeah, I'm yeah. exactly the same person that I was before. And it's like I haven't seen you in a while. Mm. Um, yeah, in saying that, that's probably like a very superficial analysis. Yes, on their behalf. Yeah, like as you said, it's it's hard to get in depth in an hour, uh, or like an hour catch up. So obviously, yeah. on a superficial level, they they just see you same job, maybe. How you know. how superficial can we be? Like let's let's be real. Like social media is superficial as fuck. So, Very. Um, <laughs> and we work for media. <laughs> like how ironic. Um, but it's true. I don't like I I get all my news like through various different sources. I actually I don't. It's funny because you the way I process news as well is through either work or developing my own ideas of like how you know listening to the like political leaders and stuff like rather than just because there's a lot of things that obviously we say don't make it to news because obviously if you watch an hour like they do go on the websites and stuff you can watch an hour presser if you really want to but no one's gonna sit there for a whole hour and listen to scott morrison speak like let's be real it's a long time to just like unless you have it and you need it for actual work no one's gonna really listen to that because to be honest like in terms of coronavirus all you really want to hear is you know, Gladys telling you what 
how many cases there were, yeah. what the restrictions are, what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do, and then all the bullshit in between. They're just like, <laughs> yeah, it's the fluff. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll um, deal with that later. Imagine if the, this is the world I want to imagine is if everyone just was concise with information. Like no one, no one gave you bullshit. No one, like everyone was just like, this is what it is. Here's the facts. Go. Like do every you know, press conference would be like three minutes long. Do you know what? Do you know when Gladys went on holidays yeah. uh, for a week and Barilaro was doing the presses, his first one, and he was shitting bricks. But he had a script like in his head of what he needed to say and he was concise. He just stood there and you know how they say, you know, the like fan yeah. when you're public speaking and you're like, like a fan just going from side to side, just talking. That's exactly what he did. He just went, told everybody what the cases were, everything in between. And then when people started to like ask questions, he was like, okay, thank you. And just walked away. Yeah, yeah, that's the way he's concise. Um, I don't have anything. I like. I think that's kind of also what um, Daniel Andrews got to a point. He was like, "I can't," you know. I get to a point where like probably watching his press is going. The guy's up there for probably got 20, 30 minutes now because he's just like, and this is how many cases we've got today. Yep. Questions. Cool. Okay. Bye. Like, I'm gonna go and have some beers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> COVID. It's like the joys of life at the moment. Mm. I think that's also kind of like the thing that I I just feel sorry for every journalist that works for us because they have to go out there constantly. Yeah. Um. Like, is that being like when you talk to Serena, is that like one of the complaints that she does where she just goes, "I have to go like here, and I'm just worried about COVID." Like, she particularly worried about like getting it. I think she was. Um. She was. I think. Being young, you're not worried about getting it. You're worried about passing yeah. it on. Um, like our grandmother's still alive. And my mum, when she gets the flu, she gets it quite bad because she's yeah. got, you know, um, a special chest. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, and so it was more like if we were to get it and pass it to them, then we would be, yeah. like, you know, obviously that would be worse. Um, so she would always say to me that you know it was quite hard being on the road because yeah. being out of the office doing that job you don't get to see any of the you know it's really hard to see any of the vision and yeah. kind of pick out what you want for the story and she's very like she basically will give you instructions for every single line she'll write a script based off what she has seen or would have seen and will like basically write it and visualize it in her head already okay so so she's very like just easy to be like map it out yeah pretty much so usually when she gives us a script it's already pretty much mapped out in her head based off the vision which is extremely helpful because (laughs) when you are trying to cut a story with no vision or no direction it's like it's a challenge, obviously, and that's our job to make yeah. something of nothing. But it, it's good. It's good that your sister has a brain like that can go, okay, this is what I want, rather than give you something and just go guesswork. Yeah, but also like in saying that, she's very open to, you know, people saying to her, "Oh no, that's not going to work," or yeah. "This isn't going to work," because technically, like, you can think about something all you want, but as soon as you, you know, put it into practice, then yeah. things don't work. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was one of the challenges for her as well as because they she couldn't come into the building for a while. Like there was a period no. of time where it was like, ah, uh, she's not allowed on premises. Um, all the journos and all the camera operators weren't allowed in. They had yeah. to feed all their footage back or file transfer or everything like that. So that was insane. And we couldn't see each other outside of work either. Wow. Yeah, and we lived right down the road, and so, um, 
yeah, whenever mum and dad wanted to see her, they'd have to do it like through the car and stuff like that because, yeah, technically I wasn't allowed to, you know, be in contact with her because if she was on the road and got it and then gave it to me and I brought it back into the building. Wow. That would be, yeah. Yeah, Darcy would have a fit. (laughs) Oh, we spoke about this so much during our like, you know, kind of the winter period last year. Imagine being that person who brought COVID into oh, the yeah. building. I I I just remember the like the emails like the and I still wear a mask the majority of the time when I go to the shops because no. I I th- think it's just a comfort thing. I so like I went to the shops the other day and I was wearing a mask and no one else was, and I was like, oh, because of the spike that happened in Melbourne, I was just a little bit like the air condition in this like area i don't know it like it's I'm at the shops i'm also like seeing all the staff wearing masks yeah. but no one in the public are like i'm just gonna follow the staff like rules and pretend i work here like but you can do as you want like i know but no it's sort of like should really say anything no otherwise. no but i do think it's nice still that we're sort of trying to maintain some of these practices mm. because like i remember for ages you know before i started back up at work in like i think it was like mid 2020 mum and dad were like oh you probably couldn't shouldn't come here to visit us for a while you know when you go back to work because you get it and i was like okay so yeah it was kind of like that whole they're in their 60s so you know might get them sick or you know who knows so it was always kind of like you know that conversation as well and especially because i work with people in their 50s like yeah well exactly right yeah um so it's kind of like us in our 20s kind of mingling is a little bit we're not going to get as sick, oh, who knows, we, we're probably not going to get as sick as badly as yeah. definitely like the older generation will, um, which is a little bit terrifying. Yeah. How old are your parents? Mum is 50, uh, 57, dad's 59. Okay. Yeah. And your grandparents are? My grandmother is 93. She's going oh, to be 94, bless her soul. <laughs> Can she's I just say that's good innings? That's a really good Hell life. Yeah. But she, yeah, she's she's so funny. She, every time we go over and ask her how she is, she's just like, I'm just too old. I'm too old. <laughs> and we're like, no, no, but you've had such a great life. Like, And she goes, yeah, that's exactly right. I've had such a great life. Like, I'm, I'm just finished. And obviously, <laughs> wow. yeah, it's, re- it's really tough though because like when Serena got married, she – she went through a stage where she was getting really emotional because she wanted to hold out and see Serena get married. And so she'd be like, I just need to hold out. I just need to hold out. And Serena's been married for three years now. And so she's like, ever since then, she's like, ah, all right, I'm done. And uh, it's it's actually really, I don't know, like I'm really saddened by it because imagine being like that age and just being like, ah, oh, I'm finished. Like I just yeah. I don't want anymore. Like I just wow. can't, I can't see it. Like I, I, yeah, I'm, I, I'm one of those people who will probably never stop wanting to do stuff. Exactly right. Like, um, I just, I love, I love, like, as we say, we don't like people, but I love life. Like, <laughs> it's one of those things. Is like, I love doing stuff. I like being proactive. I like being like yeah. creative, and you know, a bunch of stuff. But I wouldn't want to get to like ninety three and be like. Do you know what? In saying that as well, it, it is so Italian of her because, like, you know, the oldies and, like, Italians, that yeah. little combination mixed together. Obviously, they complain about a lot of things. <laughs> and so but when she's with her family and, like, when we're all together and whatever, yeah. like, she's having such a nice time and, you know, we, you know, she's 
she's just great. And then we'll be like, how are you, Nodna? She's like, oh, just too old, too old. But I think she <laughs> likes, a small part of her likes the attention of that and people yeah. like fussing over her. But she gets visitors all the time because she lives alone. But there's always like a couple of people visiting her every day. And oh, we wow. go and visit her on the weekends and um, my uncle as well. And yeah, so, so she's always got people there. She's always in company. Oh, that's great. She's, yeah. She's, a, she's set for life. Mm. We went to go visit her sister um, in Brisbane. So I just came back from Queensland. Uh, and um, we made a, an apricot cake with her. And I've never seen her so happy. She kept saying like, oh, this is such a good day. Like we've had such a good time. Like thank you for coming. Thank you for letting me make the apricot cake with you and that sort of thing. And um, I said to her, oh, wh- what would you do if I brought or can I bring some of the cake to my nonna? Because they're, they're sisters, obviously. And I, and she goes, oh, I don't know. She might get jealous uh, because my cake is better. And like seeing that dynamic is just so funny because my grandmother used to look after her when she was younger because their age gap is yeah. so big. And so the dynamic between them is like my mind on her is like really kind of hard and like cynical and like, but also she's quite sassy. So when the younger sister kind of, you know, tries to. Yeah talk shit basically yeah <laughs> i'm like what can i say talk shit <laughs> yeah we've already swore on this part. I was like, what can i say fuck okay cool yeah so when she tries to you know get away with stuff my nonna's like not not having a bar of it so it should be interesting to see wow her opinion on uh, this cake anyway i like the controversy just already learning <laughs> yeah I'll like come to work and i'll be like didn't go down well the yeah. cake is just it's just not into it <laughs> oh man i like I love. I used to live in Leichhardt, which is like huge Italian um, uh, culture back in, probably in the early nineties as well. It's faded a bit, but um, it's still got like little Italy and all that stuff. Mm. Um, but I remember living in this little apartment, and there were these two women who lived in like the apartment who must have been in their like seventies. And every time I walked past, I had longer hair back then, and they thought I was a girl because I had longer hair. <laughs> right. I love that. Um, they were like, you need a haircut, you know, like, you know, shorten the hair, you know, you look great. Um, and then they were also like, we'll feed you. Like they kept going, you're too thin. Like, come in, we'll feed you. Like, here's some, here's some lovely food. Here's some Italian, like, um, you know, bolognese and stuff. And I was like, thank <laughs> you. Bolognese is the first thing you're like, yeah, I know. some Italian. Uh, uh, bolognese. bolognese. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we make other stuff, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I know it was the first thing I thought of, and I was like, "Come on, I've got it! I've like got three things in front of my pe- pe- pizza." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was like spaghetti or some kind of like thing, and they were just like feed feed me, and I was like, "I'm fine," like because I'm I'm not a big eater, but like yeah, and you don't say no to an Italian. No, I've learned even that. if you're full, I've learned to actually go to my nonna's house with an empty stomach because <laughs> fully knowing that she's gonna have food there. Are you a big eater? Look, growing up, I was. Um, it's only recently I'm kind of, you know, trying to be a lot better and make some more healthy habits, which is quite <laughs> difficult in an Italian. Yeah, I know. It's just like carb central. Oh, literally, and you don't you don't really realize what the food really is like until you're being conscious of what you're eating. And yeah, mum hates it, and my grandmother basically, she, like the first time she saw me, she goes, "Oh, what you don't eat anymore." like what are you talking about of course i eat it's just i don't eat like your you know 
deep fried schnitzels or your, you know, what's it called? Pasta, pizza, like that sort of thing, which is a daily cuisine. A daily cuisine. Oh, I think we'd have pasta like three times a week, I want to say. Oh, that's delicious. I yeah. love pasta. I will it be honest. Great. Pasta is amazing. Um, and so is pizza. But I haven't had pizza in so long. Like, that's something, like, I remember my mum telling me the best pizza she ever had was in um, Italy. Wow. So, hands down. Although, I don't think, like, I think I always find it funny that all the um, pizza joints are actually run by Italians. They're just run by, no, like, yeah, Anglo-Saxon people. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, yeah, it's like, or, you know, th- there's not many true Italian pizza places. Um, no. Not here. The one that we get our pizza from is not Italian. It's which delicious, is a, a real like a slap in the face. The, so I think the biggest slap in the in the face would be like if you're in a, like going, oh, I just don't eat carbs anymore. I think your parents might be like, I yeah, for about six months last year, I barely ate really? any pasta, pizza, bread, nothing. Wow. Yeah, and I think that was the big. Were you trying to lose big, weight and like a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. More kind of healthy habits, like yeah. I I kept saying to them that eating healthy is a lifestyle and they didn't really understand that. They're like, what do you mean? Like you lose weight and then you go back to the meals that you were eating before. I said, no, this is not how it works. Yeah. Because you then go back to what you were eating before and then all of a sudden you're... Back at square one. Exactly. Um, I I don't understand that. (laughs) I think there's also just a culture thing. It's very European to kind of like eat big meals. And it's the same with like... um, like Greek culture as well. They like mm. fill you up on food. They're very big on food. Um, like um, the, every time I go and see um, some of my friends, uh, like they brought so much food because it's in their culture just to bring so much food. And I was like, no one's going to eat all that. Like I saw the amount. I was like, yeah. you're bringing these to like Anglo-Saxon kids, not like <laughs> they're, they're like they're thin and dainty. They don't eat anything more than like half a burger. Like you are just gonna die. This it's better to have enough leftovers. I know for four days <laughs> than have not enough food because I know. that is just a disgrace. Really, how dare you? How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> I I do love it though. Like I do love eating lots of food. I grew up with uh, my parents cooking a lot of like meats and veg and stuff, and then my mum's brother uh and my mum's mum died but died of heart attacks unfortunately in the same year um so that was kind of like the health choice for my mum to kind of train me and my brother to eat better but i'm probably the one who's much more like like my mum just very aware of health conscious stuff so i'm all about that like eating well and Mm. eating eating but i also like burgers and chips and stuff oh you got it like 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 on special occasions oh on special occasions i had them for four days once and it was delicious (laughs) it was like not good for me but it was so good (laughs) um but yeah it's kind of one of those things where i you know i think when we kind of talk about like how we look now especially with modern society and how girls and boys are kind of like represented in social media it was all thin and like you know, the way we look is super important. It really shouldn't be. It's a lot of, like, it's very superficial. Yeah. Um, especially, like, how, because did your family move here? Um, did your parents move here or was it your uh, nonna who moved here? So my grandparents were from Italy. My mum was born in Italy mm. um, and she came over when she was six. And, um, yeah, so basically they, um, like, my dad's parents well my dad's dad he cut cane in queensland 
and um, basically like made a life for like bought a house and did everything. And then my grandmother came over. Wow. Um, yeah. After they'd been married for two years, then she came over. Yeah. They were married um, via proxy. If you've ever heard of. I've vaguely heard of that. Do you want to go into detail what via so proxy means? They, um, they met as children and then. Uh-huh. Because they were kind of from the same town, yeah. And so my grandfather came to Australia when he was in his twenties to work, and so he was cutting um, sugar cane up. Yeah, I think in near Townsville. Townsville. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And so my grandfather's mum, who was still in Italy, um, approached my nonna and was basically saying, "Oh, I have a son who lives in Australia. He's working. Blah blah blah. He really wants to talk to you." Do you want to start, like, can he send you a letter? And it basically took her a very, very long time because her dad was very against it. Like, wow. Against him sending her letters because he's like, I don't want my daughter going to Australia, basically. And um, so they were, like, back and forth for a while, um, his mum and my nonna. And she was just like, please, just let him write you a letter. You'll fall in love with him. He's so nice. He wants to talk to you, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she eventually gave in. They started um, talking or they started writing each other letters. Um, And then after a while, he basically asked her to marry him. And they got married. He was in Australia working. Yeah. Like on the day. Um, And my nonna's dad was a stand-in for him at the wedding. So they got married, um, but he wasn't technically there. It was um, her dad who was basically the stand-in in the wedding. Uh, and so she, they did all the ceremony and all that sort of thing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, then two years later, she got on a boat and came to Australia. Ah. Yeah. She was on the ship for three months, I think my mom said. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a long journey. Yeah, but I, I often think, like, imagine... A falling in love with someone over, you know, through Letter. letters, yeah, and then B being married to them for two years before going and like living you know, with them, living with them, and also and seeing them. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, my nonna often talks about it, and she like they were very, they're very, they were very different. Like my grandfather was very um, introverted, and he um, was kind of like not not hard i feel like hard is a very like negative way yeah of describing someone but because he was so introverted he you know was very a very strict man and yeah like very work orientated and he wanted to provide for the family and my nonna is very like bubbly and she's very you know social and she chats a lot of shit and you know <laughs> that sort of thing and so it was quite an interesting dynamic yeah for and um like I often think in today's day and age, imagine not meeting the person that you married, yeah. and then like they were married for fifty, almost sixty years. They were married before my grandfather passed away. So, wow, like, it's just like it's crazy. Like I can't fathom having relationship or starting relationship like that now. Yeah, I think it's like um a lot of people also don't get married or like you know. Or when they do, it's definitely after quite a, a quite yeah, a while. Exactly. Um, like 
my brother was with his partner for like five, six years before they got married. Wow. Um, I don't think I'd personally wait that long. <laughs> I think it's a while, but you know, definitely you want to know the person. You want to, you know, two to three years is a good amount of kind of yeah. like I know them well enough to kind of like know what I want out yeah. of it. But also, like some people just then break up in fifteen years. Like, who knows? That's exactly right. Stuff like that happens all know, the time, and that's another thing that's very common in like the Italian culture is that divorce is like you don't really yeah don't do it. but I say this to my mum all the time like what if you're in a marriage that you know the guy was not what you thought he was or you know things change and yeah. you change he changes something happens and you're stuck like and because the culture frowns upon it, then what are you meant to do? You're just meant to live your life unhappy for the rest of your life. And, um, yeah, it's like, it's like I feel like nowadays for us, things like that is it's kind of evolving. Like back in the day, like back in my grandpa, in my grandmother and grandfather's yeah. days, if she had come to Australia and she was like, oh, he's not what I expected. Nah, let's get a divorce. Like, yeah, that that would have been unho- unheard of, but you know it could have happened if yeah. she, you know, if they didn't like each other when they came here, or you know anything like that. Like if they had been living in today's day and age, that could have been a huge possibility. Yeah. But because I don't know, back then it was like you just it's, don't. It's still like yeah. It's, does that make you a little bit nervous about like the idea of marriage for yourself? Um. Yeah. D- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like. A lot of people don't really know, like, obviously I don't go like go around talking about my dating life and that sort of thing yeah. because I just think that unless it's somebody serious, then there's no point really yeah. kind of talking about it because I've always been the type of person to, if you date someone, it's like you're dating them to, you know, with intentions of actually you know, because you see a future with them. You don't just, like, date for the sake of it. You don't try the waters and then kind of, like, go away. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just how I was, like, that's how I was brought up and that's how I see myself kind of moving forward. So it's kind of hard. Like, I find, especially at work, like, talking to other people about dating and that sort of thing and kind of, like, I've been there four years and um, I think I was dating someone briefly in the first year I was working but since then I have been single um and don't talk about guys much with like other people and like I've, yeah I've found that there's quite a like a judgmental like a judgmentalness from yeah. other people kind of looking at me being like oh well she's in her mid-20s she never talks about dating like what she's going to be single forever or whatever but i feel like that's not the case at all it's just that me personally how i've been brought up is that it's also you know that that's entirely down to probably your personality type as well yeah exactly um but that's fine like i think i was one of those people who was kind of like also like i've been through different phases but i definitely think um it's one of those kind of conversations that when i got to a certain 
age, I was like, oh, no, you know, I'm definitely, you know, interested. But I think I also worked out pretty early on, like I got much better at dating as I got along Mm. and you just kind of know what you want and what you don't want. But I also remember getting very judged when I was like, you know, like wasn't really interested in um, people when I was like until I was like 17. That was weird because everyone was like, oh, you're not, you know, why aren't you interested in sex and all these things that teenagers are really interested in? I was like, I'm interested in nothing (laughs) other than making films. Um, So it was very much like that was my upbringing. And I remember like I had a very, very like um, Christian nan on my dad's side and she was very much like, you know, these are a sin and, you know, sex before marriage is a sin and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, Sorry to her now. Um, <laughs> it's a bit too late. But, um, yeah, it's sort of one of those things where I think the idea was always a bit of a sin. Uh, but, you know, having had, like, I remember the, you know, the whole conversation of, like, you know, sleeping, I've slept with people who I never dated and I've slept with people who I've dated. And to be honest, anyone growing up in this society now, sleep with people you date. It's so much nicer than sleeping with people you <laughs> It's like, I think it's also knowing the person is a nice thing. It's like, yeah. it's 100% down to, I think, knowing what you want. Because if it's like, this is the thing, everyone goes in kind of like, you've got to separate from, my, you know, someone, um, my partner told me this recently, which was great. She said, um, everything's kind of in steps, which is like your mind, your heart, uh, your drive, basically, where it's like your heart tells you one thing, your sex drive like is lost and your brain is telling you another thing. And you kind of got to listen to all three to make a rational kind yeah. of decision on things, right. um, which I think is great because, you know, everything's got a line nicely with yourself otherwise you're just like this is you know for most people it's like your sex drive is you know leading you the way or your heart's leading you the way but it might not be thinking about you're not rationalizing anything in your heads or mm-hmm. your brain's doing all the thinking but then it's worrying about all the scenarios and it's not you know like there's all these things that i think are really interesting but there's no there's no shame in not dating i think that's a big taboo like i know too many friends who are not dating and I, well i know a lot of friends i shouldn't say too many i know too many friends um but yeah no a lot of friends who aren't dating and they've dated, they're not dating for many different reasons um yeah, which is fine like but it's no one else's business no. really it's fine to be different and it's fine to i don't know like it's not feel like you want to tell them your whole life story and no. that sort of thing. And and like I think you can it, keep that for the people that you like fully trust or like the ones that you actually, you know, want to get to know and stuff like that. Yeah. But you don't have to be that opened with everyone there. Even though you're spending so much time with them, it doesn't mean that you need to be best friends with them. No. And it was it was kind of interesting because you know, that's a great example. It was before I met you. But I remember um I had a funeral like last year, end of last year. And the only person at work I told was Kari. I was like, I've got a funeral this week. You know, one of my friends has passed away and like, I have to go to this funeral. And she was the only person I told at work. And I was like, I trust you with this detail because I know you're not going to like blab around and tell everyone. But it was just kind of like nice to have someone at work who I could just be like, look, I'm in a shitty mood. Do you want to listen to me like vent about um, something? And I think you always need... That because like Kari was the first person who actually like befriended me at work, which I th- I've been very grateful for because we get along um very well. 
But yeah, it was very much like I go to her when I, you know, talk to her about stuff, but I also like, no, we can have a laugh and, you know, have similar interests, but also different interests. So it's, it's very easy to go to work and have those work, you know, work friends who you can kind of like bounce off and talk to and vent to. Yeah. But then it's like not every, you know, the amazing thing, I think it's like, only you and Kari probably know more intimate details than the rest of the editors who know nothing about me. They just know <laughs> I'm friendly um, because it's, I don't feel compelled, compelled to tell them. Because they just know who I am. They're just like... You don't need to. No, exactly. It's very... it's not really any of their business. <laughs> exactly. And it's not... It, you know, I agree. It's not a shame or anything. Like, I've got a couple of camera friends who I'll happily have a vent to and have a chat chat with. But I don't, you know, I know that, you know, the conversation isn't going to leave the, the phone. And it's the same with friends who I work in the same department. Some of them know heaps of detail about me and others don't. Like, yeah. it's, it's very selective. And sometimes you feel compelled to, like, talk more about yourself if someone's being, like, really open about their life with you. Yeah. But you got to remember, like, some people are just, like, chatting about every intimate detail about themselves. Oh, it Jesus. doesn't mean that you need to do it like, the same. oh, hey. Yeah. You know, yeah, I went to the toilet too this morning. Do you know what I mean? I did like, a shit if, as well. Exactly, like, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> if you're talking about all these, you know, yeah. things with I, them. I think it's also, um, you know, that's the kind of, like, vibe we get. As well, and I think that comes from being introverted people. We're very private people, um, which is, you know, a good thing. Probably, I'm yeah. like, I, I think it is. I guess, I don't know. It's not so much that you don't want to tell people things. It's that a there's a high level of judgment, as we were talking about, yeah. and I just, you know, everybody's different. I acknowledge the fact that everybody's different. Um, yeah, but some people may not no. acknowledge that, and you don't really want to have that awkward that awkwardness with people that you need to spend so much time with so yeah just like keeping on a superficial level and you know i feel like that's okay for you know some people that work i remember at nine i knew everyone like i knew every one of the editors um and a lot were of them you M- were you in mcr yeah 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 so i was working at um it was called ncr of the network N- control room because wow. we were the hub network um and he was kind of cool, but also I did the exact same or I went to go and meet a bunch of people and I knew all these people around the building and then just people kept asking me questions about tech questions and stuff and I, I just got tired of being asked about work when I saw other people in the corridor. So I, I do, I have a lot of friends inside of television. I have a lot of friends outside of television as well. So it is nice having that balance. But yeah, I do agree with you. Like there's always, I'm always hesitant to go to work drinks because I'm like, I don't do small talk. I don't like small talk. Mm-hmm. How are you with small talk? Oh, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> like, I, I think I was telling you before, like, yeah. small talk is just high pressure, high anxiety for me. I'm just like, what Meeting the fuck do you people. want me to say? Like, yeah. I just want to skip to the point where you know the person after, yeah. like, a couple of months and you're like, hey, and then everything's easy. Yeah. But before then, it's just like. There's what, that, there's also, like, um, I think when early in our friendship, I was like, we should just do a drink, like a drinks and chat because it's very easy to just break conversation and also just have a good chat about anything and it could be random shit topics or just but it also learns about personalities very quickly yeah because i feel like we're very similar in cynicism and um and like you know very much like sarcastic bitchy comments (laughs) nature but it's it's very like oh that's so nice yeah and then i'll send you memes and you're like that's so sad and i'm like is it though it's like but it's so true so true so many of the memes are true um and i always love getting different reactions from different people when i yeah. say the memes it's so fucking funny um but yeah it's also 
I think for me, is it also like for you, is it a culture thing as well that made it particularly hard to connect with? Was that a particularly kind of jarring thing as well to adjust to? Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was just trying to like, I don't want to sound like, you know, I don't know. It's like people's cultures are just Yeah, it's different. different. Yeah, everything's just very different. And obviously growing up um, in a very like traditional household, it was different than mingling with people at work. But because it was my first job, it was all of like a big learning curve for me. Um, And so wanting to connect with people at work was obviously a big thing. Yeah. me because you spend so much time with them and so you want to feel like you know you kind of belong there yeah which is another separate you know tangent altogether but um the first year that i started i started in um october yeah and back in the day when we used to do christmas parties um COVID, yeah. I, yeah and um i went to the first one and Everybody was drunk, right? But yeah. we basically got to kind of be super chill and hang in an environment where it's not so, you know, anxiety, yeah, you know, what small talk type of thing. Everyone was just like having a good time. And so after that, like, I feel like I felt like I was getting along with people a bit more. But as I said before, it was all a very superficial level. Yeah. Like, the more you spend time with, someone the more you realize like um things like you know living arrangements things like dating things like um even something as simple as someone said to me that the way that I speak about food is just like nothing they've ever experienced before and I was like is that a good thing or a bad thing it's like it's just like you you speak about food like it's the be all and end all in life I'm like well it's because I've grown up in a house with, where it's be in a all culture where food is the be-all and end-all. Do you know what I mean? Like brings people together and yeah. like we're just constantly cooking, constantly eating. And some people just don't get that because like maybe their relationship with their family is not as like it's not the same. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's it's been it's been a learning curve. And I think the biggest thing for me was um, like differentiating between like superficial friendships and like, yeah. real friendships. And I think that all comes down to like what in your core, what you value really and the way that I was brought up and how that would align with someone else. Cause that's, I feel how I would connect with someone yeah, like as a friend or even in relationships basically. Cause you find yourself like, you don't want to be judgmental, but, if you met someone that was doing things that were different to what you, how you would do them or saying things that are different to how you yeah. would say them, like, do you find yourself oh, being yeah. like, oh, oh I don't yeah, know, I absolutely. type of thing? Um, I think, I think it was like the one thing that I think really kind of made me go, especially with my current partner, there was she is this is the first kind of relationship where it's like not felt like she's trying to change who i am she's allowing me to kind of grow and be who i want to be and kind of everything but i remember so many relationships before that they were always trying to dictate what i did and stuff like that because they weren't happy with things that i did yeah um 
they didn't like how nerdy I was. They didn't like how like you know interested in film films I was, or didn't like that I was not as social. Like yeah. these things really shouldn't bother your partner because, well, you know, like not not you know because it also comes down to communication and all these little things that people kind of go oh just talk and you know communicate, not like sulk in a corner and don't say anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's the same with friends. I'm very much like I think COVID really taught me a lot about friendships as well. Like every I think the pandemic did me a great favor and it really kind of made me go through superficial friends and real friends mm-hmm. and. I think with real friends, I generally go, this is me. Whether you like that or not, it's up to you. Whether you want to be friends with this or not, that's up to you. But, like, let's not pretend that, like, let's not do this, you know, above superficial. Like, I I don't like fake friends, like, necessarily. Like, I don't mind acquaintances or anything. But I think it's very different than having superficial fake friends who have no real, like, interest in who you are or what you do because then it's like you'll just literally forget after I said this conversation like yeah. I think that's kind of like one of the things that I notice a lot about friendships I'll put that in very like quotation marks yeah. it's it's kind of like I have many different friends good friends who I have very different interests with but I do kind of like they know intimate details or I'm also selective about what I tell them or you know depending yeah but yeah it's generally like Look, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to pretend to, you know, I'm sarcastic, I'm bitter and twisted and I also make morbid jokes. Like, no. I don't, if you don't like that, get fucked. Like, do, I think that's how I imagine everything. But also, I'm a pleasant person. My core value is to be nice and friendly and considerate yeah. to people. So, it's not like being ass. And I can't stand bullies. Like, I don't like people who are assholes. I don't like people who are misogynistic or racist or sexist. Yeah. Like, any of that kind of, you know, views of the world. I really hate. But, like, in a situation where, say, you rock up to a new workplace, right? Yeah. You meet someone, they're super nice to you, you know what I mean? Like, you might you might have something in common. Then all of a sudden, like, this is an example, obviously. All of a sudden, <laughs> they, like, come out and they're like, man, girls need to just stay in the kitchen, hey. But, like, you've known them oh, for yeah. how long? Like, say, yeah. a couple of months and you're like, oh, my God, I thought we were friends. And then they start coming out with racist comments, sexist comments. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, I don't agree with a lot of things that these people say. And then, like, what are you meant to do in that situation? I had that situation. Oh, did you? Yeah. So I I knew this guy who worked at Nine. um, And I won't say names because obviously – don't want to be small industry. Small industry. (laughs) burn your bridges, people. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Don't do that. But, yeah, I I knew him and we had a scenario that went really – sour very quickly and it happened to be of a racist kind of connotation from him and I won't go into specific details because it's very like severe confrontation but yeah it ended up with a whole bunch of my friends going I don't like him I will leave this party if he's still like this and after that I was like okay look you need to not do this anymore this joke's over we need to move on and not do this and he was from like a like a Chinese descent and he was trying to make a racist comments. And wow. I was like, no one's finding it appropriate. And like, yeah, we we left um, the party, but he just left. He didn't say that he was leaving here. He just left the party and didn't uh, didn't acknowledge anything after that. Jeez. And then, um, yeah, he called me, like, I tried to, I blocked him on all social medias because he was ridiculing my friends and making inappropriate comments. But it kind of also, like, got to a point where it was like, after doing all that, I was like, I don't know why I was friends with him ever. Like, he was just yeah. a horrible human being. 
and he wasn't nice. He wasn't pleasant to people. But, but now, it was superficial. Yeah, it was super, super superficial. But I also dated someone who did the um, who I didn't think was racist or you know sexist, but and or um, you know uh, homophobic or anything like that. And they were saying all they were supportive, but then they turned out to say comments that were like you know the using the n word and um, you know uh, calling me very um, you know gay or you know not manly or stuff like this stuff that was really derogatory yeah and i was like this isn't okay like i don't want to know you because all of what you're saying is really hurtful mm. and not appropriate and i don't know why you justify that this is okay so yeah there's i'm very like cutthroat now where it's like if you say something that i think is mm, you know explain to me why you said it or you know yeah. if you think that's funny then get fuck out of my eyes like jesus yeah, yeah. For, i think for me it's like it's it's difficult to be that cutthroat. Yeah. Like um, things will probably like build up like in within me that like I wouldn't have liked that they have said or whatever. Yeah. And then you like like in past experiences, then you start to get like further and further away from them, and you're just like, oh no, I don't want to. I don't want to be in this situation anymore. But then like imagine being in a situation where they're like, oh, so why aren't we friends? Anymore? Yeah. And you're like. Oh, well, okay. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, let me list what you the really, reasons, yeah. Yeah, what do you really say to that? He's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've definitely done that. It's not a pleasant feeling. I've definitely done that with friends. Um, you know, and I've, there are definitely scenarios where I've like, you know, I think with human beings, we all cock up, you know, we all make mistakes and we all yeah. save stuff. But I think it's learning from those mistakes. And I generally knew when I was growing up back in the nineties as well, like racist comments and stuff. And, you know, you just didn't think twice as much as you do now. Cause everything's like, but I hate when people like have gone PC, such a negative connotation. I'm like, no, like, you know, it's good to be PC because I remember like there was a rally for, um, uh, what was it? Uh, you know, the ability for, you know, um, children and, um, you know, rally outside of seven. And it was like, they were all talking about like you know trying to get rid of abortions and stuff like this and i was like hang on you're basically ruining people's free will they shouldn't you know like having a child it should be a free will for everyone like if you accidentally get pregnant i you know and you don't want the child you can either give it up for adoption or you can have an abortion like yeah. don't i don't think that should be the specific parties say of what a woman does with their body there's there's so many people have double standards and i think it's mm. like that comes down also to culture and everything. It's just, it's kind of like, um, you don't know what kind of like, you got to just be careful with everyone. But yeah. also I do understand where you're coming from because I also think that I wouldn't keep friends who are just complaining. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like in like in your normal day-to-day -day encounters, it's so easy. If you come across someone that's like that, you just walk away. Yeah. You know what I mean? But what I have learned considering seven is my first job, like what I have learned in the work industry yeah, is that, yeah, if you come across people like that, it's, it's harder to kind of, you know, disconnect from that. Like you can avoid them, but you do, know. do you feel like it's more to do with also your culture or is it the fact that you're also a female editor? Is there? A... No, I think it's just my culture. Yeah. yeah. The good thing about like, about our department is we're not like, obviously there's one, two, three, three three girls full-time yeah. yeah and so it's yeah we've never really had the whole or i've i've never really experienced the male female divide like we'll we'll 
make jokes about you know if I'm the only girl there that day they'll be like oh it's a sausage fest like blah 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 and I'm like yeah you know it's fine <laughs> but like not not in a way that's yeah kind of you know impactful in a professional yeah, yeah, yeah. matter right like I don't feel like but like the men get more opportunities than the females type of thing I think it's quite equal but yeah it's just you know there's I think I think it's just the like the different cultures yeah is what it comes down to um but I feel like I'm I'm like everyone at work is a majority and I feel like I'm a minority in that in that sense yeah which is like I'm fine with that I, I like I like how I was brought up. Like I respect my parents, and I yeah. I respect the way that we have, like, you know how they brought me up, and I, yeah, with the whole living at home thing. Like I respect that they've like worked their ass off, and yeah, you know that. And is it, it like that's also the thing? Like, um, if they're happy living having you live at home, that's you know good on them you know as well my parents weren't the only experience i had was my parents were just happy that i left oh really which is not a bad thing but i think they were just it was a very different kind of like growing up and i think that's also people who still live at home it's individualistic it's what the parents want i know people who live at home and they're in their 30s like it's just yeah i definitely when i'll get to that point i've already planted the seed like i think for us it's a cultural thing like you when you get married you kind of you know yeah. move into your you know household with your husband or whatever and that's kind of just how it's always been but i obviously people are getting married later on in their life and like you know the dating game has changed so much yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. i like remind my parents that every day i'm like obviously if i get into my late 20s and i'm still single which i'm completely fine with that mm. do you know what i mean like i would not want to be here anymore. Do you know what I mean? I would have saved enough money for myself to then start a life, even if that is, well, not start a life, but like, you know. Buy yourself. Buy yeah. myself something f- to, you know, live in type of thing. And yeah, they're, they're kind of hesitant about that, but only because that's just how they've yeah lived their whole life. That's how the generations before them have lived their lives. And yeah, it's hard to break that I- pattern. Not that you want to, break it but kind of just mold it towards yeah you. it's interesting how, how like you know th- your core values and stuff but also how you kind of have a very 21st century like um view of also just being okay with a lot of stuff that i guess culturally mm. and like for your family you know were taboos to you know live on your own and you know not be married and not be in a I relationship you have to be otherwise you're yeah. just gonna you're gonna be disappointed yeah basically because things have just changed so dramatically like yeah. as i said think back to 50 60 years ago when my grandparents got married <laughs> like not even in the same country yeah and think now like it's just so different if you like you can take the values that they had you know of family of yeah you know finding someone that you can really spend the rest of your life with, not just spend that moment in time with. Type yeah, of it's like it's a really kind of in quoted yeah. brackets. Yeah, like a partnership, yeah. basically. That's what they looked for. I mean, also, this is this is kind of interesting. What do you, with your core values and what you see as a partner, do you kind of like, you seem to have a much more realistic version of what a partner is than most people where they imagine like they complete them and you know, it's all those things. It's kind of like you complement each other and you have like things you do together. And I think you have a much better like comprehension of like what 
you know, affection and love and caring is, um, then probably like a lot of people who go through many different dates, really short amount of time. I think it's um, important to obviously find someone that you can do things with. Like, like it, you know, it, it would be stupid to think that you find, you could A, find someone that's identical to you yeah. and you do absolutely everything together and you're basically joined at the hip. Like some people are like that. That's fine. Um, but it's also silly to think that you should find your exact opposite to compliment you type of thing. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's important to like have things in common, but also to have things not in common. Like, cause at the end of the day, you're not, you weren't carbon copies. You weren't <laughs> like, you weren't brought up the exact same way in the exact no. same household, being the exact same person with no. the exact same interests. Like that's never going to happen. There's always going to be things that are different between two people. Always going to be things that you may not like agree completely with, but also it's like whether you want to just, you know, acknowledge each other's differences type of thing and like. Yeah. Be but it's also working anyway. together. It's just, it's working yeah. together and knowing that not relationships aren't mind readers. Like they're not. Mm-hmm. As again, it goes down to what I said. It's down to communication and just being yep. open. People at home, open and honesty. Yes. Moving forward in relationships is like the best thing. It's been awesome chatting with you. It's actually been really interesting. Thanks for having me. It's actually been like, I think you're, well, you're not. So, you seem surprised. No, no, no. But I think I was, I was surprised because you were so hesitant. You were just like, I don't know if anything's going to be interesting to say. And I was like, there is a I lot don't of find me interesting. That's I why. I do. I do. I find it very interesting. And the people at home will, and probably your sister will listen to this. They'll be listening to her like, what the fuck? She lives at home. (laughs) Yeah, your sister will listen to them like, oh my God. (laughs) Is it like, that's what my brother does, I swear. He probably listens to my podcast and goes, oh. Just because it's embarrassing when you hear stories about when yourself is younger. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, And kind of like, you know, just growing up and, you know, doing like, oh. Um, But also everyone might put two and two together and finally not ask you at work. And like, (laughs) oh, they're related. Um, She knows I hate the world of her. I know. Just, I've like met her only like once when she sat next to you. Um, That was the only time I ever met her. Yeah. um, Because we're just not on the same working floor. But it's so funny that I speak to her so regularly through like the comms. Uh, on like uh to check ifbs mm. <laughs> so i speak to her so regularly yeah. but you'll have no idea who i am i love that most of the journos don't know anything about like mcr or they just don't know who we are unless yeah. we called them direct and asked them questions so it's a we're a mystery yeah. we're, yeah. we're a spooky mystery keep yeah. it that way and then like you know just <laughs> slip under the radar <laughs> <laughs> oh lord um but no this is the things we do podcast thank you so much Giuseppe, for coming thank on. you it's been a pleasure um and tune in next week when i chat to another guest and this um we'll see you all later Bye-bye. bye bye